2: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey y'all, Darius
3: Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit DiscoverSouthCarolina.com.
4: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
5: Greetings. Welcome inside the final hour of the week of the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon. Happy Friday night. It's happy if you're a Lakers fan. You're not happy if you're a Clippers fan. You're also not happy if you're Clippers players. You're happy if you're Minnesota. You're not happy if you're Purdue. This is how it works tonight. It's well put. Nice and succinct. We will head to Vegas coming up later on this hour. Get all the latest news is we had a big day in college football tomorrow. It's it's kind of Big Ten separation day. We're going to find out who's for real and who isn't, whether it's Indiana can pull the upset over Ohio State. Probably not. Northwestern, a big one in Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, but tonight, clearly, college football was owned by one really stinking bad call. Uh, Minnesota beats Purdue 34-31. And Purdue could have won this game, should have won this game. 44 seconds left. Quarterback Jack Plummer throws a touchdown that is a touchdown, right? Payne Durham catches the ball in the end zone. It's a great throw, except the referees throw the flag for pass interference, and there is clearly absolutely zero pass interference. The only thing on this play, as Durham is running off the line of scrimmage, he kind of swats with his hand as he's running, does not touch the DB. There's no contact. Yeah, he runs, I mean, the but you the see ball. the extended arm, right? Right. You see the extent, but he's kind of it's kind of the extent as he's running. He Looks like Gronk as yeah. he's running, like yep. with his arms all pumping, so DBs can't <laughs> get close to him. And he kind of does a one little swipe, but it's it's in the it's in the the way the runs the DB is getting close to him. He runs by the defensive back, catches the ball and the referee f- throws the flag it was insane and as you're tell right now you can hear how upset the purdue play-by-play guys are as they mm-hmm. call this penalty
3: that pass is caught touchdown boilermakers there's a flag down what's the they're, flag they're saying incomplete no the official in the back says touchdown and the official up uh, <laughs> well, well let's, see, let's see if they're going to call maybe a pass interference against purdue what's the call here
6: interference offense number 87
3: well touchdown. that's an interference call against Payne durham which wipes out what would have been the go-ahead touchdown with 52
4: seconds to play and it also is a 15 yarder so it's going to take it all the way back to the 34 yard line i have not seen the replay I'm, I'm not going to say a word we're going to get a look at it here well i saw minnesota hey, grab durham's hey, there's, arm
3: there's nothing there
4: Unbelievable! There's nothing there,
3: unbelievable! He ran right by the defensive back and didn't even touch him. Unbelievable!
5: Uh, so there it is, Learfield IMG Sports <laughs> Network on the call. It was it was that bad a call. They they are absolutely selling it like it was. And here's the here's the bad part of it, Mike, for for Purdue. Okay, because you can say, okay, it's Minnesota Purdue. Where are we at? Purdue wins this game. And they go into next week still with one loss. And they have two games coming up that are going to be rollover wins, right? They play Rutgers. They play Nebraska. So they would go into this final game of the season against Indiana at 5-1. and one. And if they pull the big upset over Indiana, finish six and one, they could finish at the top of the Big Ten West. Northwestern is ahead of them, but Northwestern has a tough game tomorrow against Wisconsin. One of those teams is going to lose, so immediately Purdue was going to jump even with them. And it's one more loss, and suddenly Purdue could be the Big Ten West champs. They could play for the Big Ten championship. And and all these hopes and dreams, look at this season we have going on, because they would finish five and one. They'll win the next two weeks, and then it would be a big game against Indiana. And now all that is gone. All that is gone because the official threw the flag there and and the Big Ten. I don't know how you explain this. I really don't know how you look and go, well, the play here was just, my word, what could that be? And then the reporters look the other way and the guy leaves (laughs) and runs away. Oh, where'd the guy go? He said, said, look at that. I mean, I don't know how you explain this away. I really don't. I have no idea.
6: Do a little Lyle Landley of uh, look over here and he's gone. (laughs) The name's Uh, Landley. Lyle Landley. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just, it, it's a call, as we talk about, the the arm gets extended, and what the referee thinks he sees, or based on the angle, I mean, there there's really doesn't seem to be enough to where it pushed the DB off stride, right, didn't push him back, whatever, he stays with him, and, but he's a step behind, and you have a great throw and a great catch, and there's nothing that says in the moment and officials call it this sa- should be calling it the same throughout the game. But we know there's obviously uh, a little bit of premium in those final minutes of, Hey, really make it count because we're talking about deciding games here. And there, there's nothing that I've seen, no matter how many times you slow it down, give me a tape, whatever that you can convince me that that call should have been made. And, as you lay out the schedule, that's a lot. There's a lot that rides on that, right? That builds out for the program and the players on the field here, obviously momentum, a couple more games, who knows, maybe you find yourself in a position to play for a big 10 title, but for the coaches, the administration, the conference, when we start talking about what these bowl games bring back, even in a a weird year, there's still a lot of them getting played. So there's going to be cash, For teams that that make it and get chosen, because right here, the way this season sets up, right, you're eligible by just taking the field for Mm -hmm. a bowl game, (laughs) but you're still going to make your choices for ratings and involvement in the civic um, interest to teams that are actually good. So wins matter. Records matter. And for the coaches, as they look to build on their careers, be it Brahm or anybody else, you know what? Wins matter. Two years from now, Brahms in an interview. Ah, you went this. I know it was a weird year. He's not going to be able to sit there and do a full PowerPoint presentation. Well, remember, we got screwed against Minnesota. You lost. That's it. Now it goes into the history books that way. But for tonight, it's the number one story in the land. It'll be the number one story, I'm sure. Uh, on the Fox kickoff tomorrow morning as the panel gets ready for a big day of action. This one's going to be hotly debated. I have no doubt either Mike Pereira or Dean Blandino or both will make an appearance to talk about it because uh, you, you got to give some clarity here. And it's a great example of why a play like this, if we're going to review everything else, let's uh, let's go here. Let's, let's start... Uh, banging the drum for Kevin Warren and company to open the door there.
5: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith show with Mike Carmen live from the Geico Studios. so that's one big story in college football. the other one going into tomorrow is really college football and the NFL uh, because of something going on in Pennsylvania uh no not the not the vote count and is and we're going to figure out and certify no 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 this is not about that uh is that earlier today a ruling came out uh, coming into tomorrow's Virginia Tech uh, pit game and this would eventually uh, play into the Steelers and the Eagles for Sunday. Initially, a ruling came out today saying that for tomorrow's game between Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh, teams would have to wear masks both on the field and on the sideline so while they're on the sideline and then while they were playing on the field and as this would then go then the next part would be boy the Steelers and Eagles might have to do this on Sunday but then the rule was amended and it comes down to because of COVID-19 that masks are going to be required from players on the sideline but while they're in the field of play they don't have to wear masks so I, I I I I take a big uh, uh, sigh of relief for the players because as someone who, you know, when I'm wearing my mask, when I go into Target and I'm walking around and after like 10 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, this mask is hot. It's and really I get well, out and, sure. and I realize I'm not an athlete anymore because I get out and I get into my car and I take it off and I go, oh, I feel like like one of, like on the TV shows when the surgeons just get out of surgery and like, you know, they've had a tough surgery and they take the mask off and they're breathing <laughs> heavy and it's, oh, I don't know. And then McSteamy is hooking up with somebody else and it's, oh, yeah, we couldn't, couldn't do our best. Somebody's got to call it call it you gotta call it that's kind of how I feel so I know that when you're talking about guys trying to run around and play on the field as good a shape as you're in you just can't do that you just can't run around and, and, and play football wearing a mask unless you came up with a mask that somehow worked for it. But just any kind of mask, even with the breathability, whatever it is, I mean, you're breathing really heavy. And and, and all these kids would have some kind of issue as you're running constantly and you can't catch a breath and you can't take your mask off in between plays. I mean, I, I don't know how you would play if that was the case. Now, I'm yeah. glad that, you know, hey, we're going to do it on the sideline and fine. And I get it. And that would you don't know what that's going to wind up helping because. Let's say you know you're a third string wide receiver that doesn't play a lot, and you spend the game hanging out to one of your friends who's a third string DB and doesn't play. If you're both wearing masks, if if one of you has COVID, maybe the other one doesn't get it. So I, I get that part of it, but on the field, I don't know how you do it. I, I really there, there's just no. I just know how I feel. I'm sure you feel the same way when you're with that when you have that mask on for yeah. so long. It's it, it it gets it's difficult to breathe. I mean, I'm getting used to it more and more now. But when I get out of a store and get in my car, I'm like, oh, all right. Thank goodness I got that taken care of. All yeah. right, now I got to wait and then put it back on if I go back in someplace else. It's, 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 it's really difficult. And I'm someone that doesn't really, you know, work out as much as an athlete does.
6: Yeah, I, I get out and I do my walks and I'm on, on the treadmill in my garage. You know, on the treadmill in the garage, I'm not wearing a mask. I should probably get one of those uh, training masks, you know, with the oxygen levels or whatever to try to, you know, increase your lung capacity and stuff. But that's more just a... Uh, an actual workout thing as opposed to COVID relief. Look, you want to make everybody wear a clear mask, like uh, instead of the tinted thing that DK Metcalf had on yesterday that obviously obscured (laughs) his vision on a would-be touchdown reception, I'll, you know, that's fine, right? You know, guys, as they're running around and, inadvertent and screaming at each other and, you know, the spit starts flying as they start popping their peas and everything else, then then I'll hear it. But as for the other, it's like he, you've put a bunch of rules in place to follow these protocols and guys have to pass tests. Are they 100% and isn't there, you know, we know there's the rolling period of when you may have gotten it to when it presents in a test. I, I, I stipulate to that. But you've also gone through the rigors of testing and day after day. To suddenly, in the middle of a season, decide you're going to change the rule. No, to my knowledge, there's been no jump in scientific breakthrough about the transmission, right? I mean, I I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, folks at Swollen Dome, if you wanna wanna do that. And certainly, Pennsylvania is one of the disputed places, not just because of you know, the election, but just in terms of how things have been administered in this regard throughout. So this seems pretty arbitrary to try to enforce as the season goes on. Let's let's throw this in now. You want to say, hey, the coaches are a bad example because they're on the sideline and screaming at referees with the mask off? Fine. You can talk about that. But as for the players on the field, I, I, I don't know that, A, you're stopping anything, by putting the masks on, and two, you may be inhibiting their ability to breathe, and especially for the big offensive linemen. Isn't that one of the big concerns for them is Mm -hmm. to try to take the best care of them all the time? So if you've allowed them to play and not force them to, I don't know, take up residence in another state to get their games in, then I I think you you get through the rest of the season without trying to add this in. You find the technology that makes it seamless and doesn't restrict oxygen and and potentially cause problems in that regard, I'll hear it. But as it stands right now, I don't know what – the logic is behind this.
5: Well, the, the, I, I get the logic because it's the it's the way COVID is is jumping and going through this this new this new phase now. With the you know, it's the winter second wave that you know is, is 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 deadly. It's 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 growing in every state, and I get that everybody wants to do something to stop it. Uh, it's a weird thing to get to this point with with teams where with all the testing going on and all that. But it, it's it's about the optics of hey, we got to make sure that everybody is to it because. If you see a football team that's really got to do it, that tells everybody watching, well, I got to wear a mask when I go
6: out. Yeah, because but, masks are going to help. Also, masks but are going to But that's also just telling the, your viewing audience and the presidents of your state, and, and I say this with all due respect, that you're dumb and you don't see the difference between guys getting tested to go do their jobs every day and what you're doing in your own personal well lives. well
5: this is also a world we live in where people don't think the virus is real you know so i mean i yeah I, I you want to you want to say that i get that but how many people do, do think that still COVID is not real and it's it's made up and it's and and they're believing all the lies because you read anything online uh it, it's real wear a mask it helps so I, I think that i don't think they thought we'd have to fight that part of the battle but we do and maybe that's why we are where we are because people can't just understand science and that this is real and wearing a mask helps and, and, and that's why we're, we're fighting where we are right now because people refuse to wear a mask. The one who refuse to wear a mask are the ones who are loudest about, well, wh- wh- why, why why do we have to wear a mask? Because you're not wearing one. I mean, this is why it's happening. So I guess, I think a lot of it, look, we're, we're making it up as we go along, but I would, think, I, I would go with those two reasons why it's okay. We need to do something like this because we have to make sure we appear and we look like we're fighting it wherever we can because you don't know how that's going to influence anything as it goes down the road. Uh, Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. You got your thoughts right there. Phone number is 877-99 on Fox. We're going to head to Vegas. We also have our big upset special picks for the week in the National Football League. Mike Harmon's got some hot takes on his upset specials. (laughs) We got it coming up straight for you. Keep it here, Fox.
7: And recap iconic hey, moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he carried counts. We rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes.
3: We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game
7: off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons.
2: iguodala to Curry, back to Igadala.
7: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your
6: podcasts.
7: Fox Sports Radio, the Jason
5: Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. We got a big day in college football tomorrow. We had a big night tonight. We had a big night in NBA free agency. What does Vegas have to say about this? Joining us now on the hotline, he is the lead actor on Fox Sports 1's Lock It In show. You see it Monday through Friday. Former odds maker at Caesars Palace, friend of the show, Todd Furman. Todd, what's happening tonight, man?
1: Living the dream, gentlemen, trying to process some of the marquee matchups that will take place in college football tomorrow and trying to make sure I have the same faces in new places scorecard updated for the NBA, which I probably won't be able to wrap my head around until Monday. All
5: right, so Vegas is still standing after the bad uh, OPI call on Purdue that that gave Minnesota the win?
1: Yeah, it's not the kind of call on a Friday night, even in a marquee Big Ten game, that's really going to bring the house to its knees. (laughs) Obviously, it does change a little bit of perspective in terms of the integrity of officiating in that kind of spot. A little bit unusual to see an OPI call like that change the outcome, Uh, but this was a game that was really interesting to watch the line movement all week. You had Purdue bet out to as much as a a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. Numbers swung all the way back in Minnesota's favor. Then, of course, uh, PJ Flex shares that 20 players have COVID. Rondale Moore plays back to Purdue, a short favorite, uh, and ultimately it falls with Minnesota, winning the game 34-31. Go figure.
6: We were talking about schedule watching Todd for the Big Ten and and trying to look at what what happens down the road towards a big 10 title game should Purdue win here right a matchup with indiana down the road but uh that's moot for now we push that to the side uh ohio state with a huge game against the aforementioned indiana hoosiers tomorrow what what are we expecting here uh and you know is there any noise in any numbers that we're looking at for indiana
1: well, I think we're expecting a blowout, honestly, Harmon, not to undersell the question. When we look at the number here at 20 and a half, it speaks more to Ohio State's dominance of late and the NFL caliber talent they have on their roster compared to an Indiana team that's been outstanding early on. Uh, but for a guy that was as high on the Hoosiers as anybody coming into the season, you look at the uh, schedule of opponents that they faced. I don't know that the quality wins are there right now. Beating Penn State looked great on the surface week one. Beating Michigan would have been outstanding before the season, no that Indiana had really struggled, all of a sudden you beat Michigan State and you look at the rest of the resume and go, okay, now it's time to step up in class Michael Penix has been tremendous. The problem for Indiana is they've shown no semblance of a ground game. And while they have three talented receivers in the likes of Wap Fillor, Peyton Hendershot, and Ty Freifogel, Ohio State can match that. But I think the Buckeyes do have some concerns in their secondary. Sean Wade hasn't turned into a lockdown corner early on. They expected him to be when Jeffrey Okuda went to the next level. So we'll get a pretty good idea of where these two teams are. I made the game 19 and a half, so I don't see a whole lot of wiggle room one way or another. But I do think this game can go over the total because if Ohio State's able to build a lead. Justin Fields won't take his foot off the gas, and I think this Hoosiers offense is capable of scoring points. But keep in mind, guys, Indiana may be 7-2 and two against the number of the last nine meetings between these two teams. None of those games have been decided by 21 points or less.
5: All right, Tom, we got a couple interesting games in the Pac-12 tomorrow. we got USC-Utah. We also have UCLA, who should play every game on Sunday now, uh, against Oregon, number 11 undefeated. And just something I wanted to, to throw this out there. If I said, all right, I want to get the odds on If USC goes undefeated, right, they finish 6-0, they win the Pac-12, USC as a playoff team in college football, what are the odds for that?
1: You know, if you look around now, and I haven't seen them on FanDuel, Foxbet, or any of the other major legal books, three and a half, four 4-1 one was one of the prices that I saw for SC to get there. And I actually think that's selling them uh, a little bit at the bottom of the market. But in reality, I mean, you look at their performances against Arizona and Arizona State, they look nothing like a team that deserves a seat at the table alongside Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Ohio State who you figure are the four front runners to get to the college football playoff. But Keaton Slovis, we know, can be as dynamic as any quarterback in the country. And if Todd Orlando is able to figure out the defense, sure, USC undefeated, especially if they have a dominant win against, say, an Oregon in the conference championship, is going to be an attractive sell. The problem, though, you have a couple of injuries that are starting to mount, some players that have opted out. And would it stun anybody if they went into Rice-Eccles Stadium tomorrow night and lost outright to Utah? Not in the least, knowing that it's one of the biggest coaching mismatches you're going to get in the Pac-12 year in, year out, with Kyle Whittingham on one side and Clay Helton on the other. The biggest question for Utah, how much did the cancellation of their first two games and observing COVID protocol impact some of their preparations for a game of this magnitude right out of the gates?
6: Todd Furman, our guest, joins us every Friday night previewing the games of the weekend, college and pro. Fox Bet Live, you see him on FS1 every day, every afternoon, breaking it all down. Uh, and you had a huge prop night to open week 11. I saw that on Twitter, retweeted that one, at Todd Furman. So let's see if we can keep the, the hot streak going, Todd, uh, and the game that really is a lot of attention because of the quarterback news drew breeze to the injured list thinking it's going to be jameis and then all of a sudden the reports are it's Taysom hill what did it do to the number and and what do you think the value is
1: Yeah, honestly, I was stunned by that news, to be quite frank. When you look at Jameis Winston and his skill set compared to Taysom Hill, there's no doubt that uh, Jameis being described as erratic with the football during his time in Tampa probably is an understatement, but at the same time, he came in, he actually looked more comfortable uh, in the role of backup quarterback, at least what we saw last week against the 49ers, than Teddy Bridgewater when he had to come in in a pinch against the Los Angeles Rams. But Sean Payton is a smart coach. He's also a very stubborn man from what I've been told, and when you pay Taysom Hill as much money as you do, you want to take your new toy out of the garage and show them off to the rest of the world when opportunity is created. And I think that's what we have here. The problem for the Saints is there is no breathing room atop the NFC South right now. You lose this game to the Falcons and the Bucks win on Monday night, suddenly that margin of error has gone out the window. And with growing speculation that we're not quite sure how healthy Alvin Kamara will be, missing some practice time this week with a foot injury, let's see what Taysom has in the tank. But for Sean to come out and say, hey look, there are no packages designed for Jameis, I don't know if that's ego or arrogance, but the reality of it is Jameis has thrown for 300 yards in three of his last four games uh, against this Falcons defense. And Raheem Morris, well, he's going to sell out to stop the run and force Taysom Hill to beat his defense over the top.
5: Yeah, I think there's something up with that wording, uh, the way it went out, that maybe things aren't all as uh, sunshine lollipops and rainbows with Jameis. Uh, Last one for me, Todd. What are the better odds you would give me that Uh the Jets Uh beat the Chargers Sunday or the Knicks actually sign a good free agent? (laughs)
1: What's better off? You know what's funny with the Knicks? Uh, I actually like the Obi Toppin pick. I think it gives him somebody that's a, a little bit more polished coming out of college instead of the way that, say, the Bulls went, taking a very young kid that's raw in Patrick Williams. But the Knicks in free agency, I'm not sure how it's an attractive destination for anybody to go play for a dysfunctional franchise with a head coach that has some question marks in terms of how he's handled talent in the past and Tom Thibodeau. So when I look at the Knicks, uh, I think there might be a better chance that Syracuse can win the ACC than the New York Knicks can win the NBA <laughs> title in the next 10 years.
5: We're one, we're one and
1: eight. <laughs> Hey, and you may have have the worst offensive line in the entire ACC, but you're still probably closer to getting to an NCAA college football playoff than the Knicks are to winning a title. Because the one thing we've seen, at least Syracuse has a win over Clemson over the last three years, the Knicks ain't getting close to beating any team with a pulse in a best-of-seven series.
5: (laughs) <laughs> you can follow him on twitter at todd Furman. that is at todd Furman. check him out monday through friday lead actor on fox sports one's lock it in todd as always buddy appreciate you have a great weekend my friend
1: we'll talk to you always a pleasure gents enjoy the games this weekend and harm best of luck to your beloved wildcats as they keep the dream alive or if they can against the wisconsin badgers go cats that's my guy good clean american fun tomorrow afternoon
4: Be sure to catch live editions of The Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel...
7: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Store on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So a huge night in
5: the NBA as free agency began. And we look, we spent a lot of time going over the first big night. Uh, the first big move was Montrez Harrell going from the Clippers to the Lakers, which is a home run for the Lakers because not only do they go get a guy who's going to bring them instant offense, six man of the year, uh, they weaken the Clippers. And now I wonder if the Clippers are going to have a much different look, and, and you're going to see a, a bigger purging of the roster than we thought it was going to be. Because clearly Montrez Harrell would be a guy you would want to build around, but so many things went on in that Clipper locker room. It's like a it's like a murder mystery who done it. Like, who's really innocent? <laughs> who's guilty? You don't know. It depends on – it's like watching Knives Out. Like, okay, well, I think you're innocent. No, maybe not. Maybe you're – no, maybe you – no, maybe you – no, no. I mean, that's what it is with the, with, with the Clippers. I don't know. Is Paul George really that bad a guy? that they can, can they really not stand him that much? Or is it, hey, you know, we can't stand Paul George, but still he's a really good player. I mean, that's where we're at with the Clippers now, and I wonder if it's not going to be something where, hey, we are just going to uh, uh, get rid of a lot of what we have because we don't don't think what we currently had was going to, with another year of seasoning, going to be a team that could win the NBA Finals when it comes down to it. So I really wonder if that's what's going to happen with them.
6: Yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of shuffling around, right? New coach, new attitude. But we, we'd heard all the stuff about not having a vocal leader in the locker room, and I, I proffered the theory earlier tonight as this went down that – Montrez Harrell was kind of looking over and LeBron James posted out, you know, social media of the two of them clowning during bubble time uh, and everything else. So he probably got a look, see of what was happening in the Lakers locker room, not just the title, but just that it always seemed that these guys actually wanted to be around each other, right. Waiting for each other after interviews, all of those things, hanging out, Uh, off-court time uh, was reported throughout this that, you know, there there was some sense of camaraderie and a little bit more than just, hey, show up at the court when it's practice time. So to that end, you know, the grass being greener and wanting to try to get your chip, that's the other part of it too. But if you can find yourself staying in the same building once we actually get back to playing home games – and you have a shot at the title and it's a better place and maybe mentally a better place and, and, and a better atmosphere, then yeah, it all wins. I, I made the Jerry Maguire analogy and I think that's the apt one of, Hey, can we have something like that? You know, something like those guys have over here. Cause this speaks more to the mentality of, all right, we're just going to team up and it's just going to roll and just follow my lead on the court, which was one of the big problems that was cited towards the end of the bubble was that there wasn't a lot of togetherness and then you had doc rivers who really wasn't doing anything to to quell any of that any misgivings anybody had and you saw how it ended up breaking up what people thought was going to be a perennial title contender. And so you lose a huge chip here, an 18 and seven, a game guy goes down to the other locker room. Yeah. Huge loss for the Clippers tonight. Uh, In addition to, I mean, you can take either side of it, right? As our buddy, Ben Meller, always says the better stories in the losing locker room Clippers lose Montrez Harold go, (laughs) you know, and, and another example
5: really quick of things, everything coming up Lakers right now is Look, during the bubble, what did we see? The Lakers were the best team. We saw the Clippers have problems, but who were, who do we talk about? Are, these are the next two teams that are going to own the West in a couple of years. Denver and Utah, right? They, they had everything going on. They got young superstars. They're hungry. Their rosters are kind of deep. But to show you everything coming up, Lakers, uh, Jeremy Grant is now – leaving the Denver Nuggets, this happened a little while ago, agreeing to a three-year, $60 million deal with the Detroit Pistons. And clearly, you know, look, Jeremy Grant was a 12-8 and guy during the season last year, so it seems like that's a lot of money for Jeremy Grant. But the Pistons are hoping it's the Jeremy Grant you saw down the stretch and in the playoffs who had times when he actually took over games. This is a guy that's, you know, Kiusio, he's the one guy that's just getting better and better every year, and you can see it in his play. And they're hoping we're gaining him on the ascent and he has that breakthrough year with a little bit more responsibility cuz he had huge games in the playoffs and he was he was that guy that hey Denver can really help build you're building around him and Jokic and it's it's phenomenal and Murray and look at what they have here now they lost a big key here in Jeremy Grant now there's a rumor that maybe there could be a sign and trade with Blake Griffin but according to all nugget sources that's not happening Blake Griffin's not going to Denver so this is a gr- this is another great night for the Lakers and a rough one for Denver cuz they lost a guy who was just on the ascent and and could be you know maybe not a big three type player, but boy, he could be a phenomenal guy for a lot because he's young and he's and he's and he's and he's just getting better and better every single year.
6: I love chaos, right mm-hmm. and it it gets the people of Detroit excited. People on Detroit talk radio have you know something a blip it's there's a uh famous simpsons bit where monty burns doesn't have a telephone or whatever and he's still getting stock and updates through the old ticker mm-hmm. which he hasn't checked <laughs> in a long time the people of detroit are like we've got something to talk about somebody side with us let's go <laughs>
5: twitter it out about a fresca Mike gets swollen dome the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon live from the Geico studios coming up next our official upset special picks of the week in the National Football League who do we like well we'll tell you
4: keep it right here Fox be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
5: Fox Sports Radio the Jason Smith show with my best friend Mike Harmon Live from the Geico Studios, where still at this hour. NBA free agent signings are coming in. Sham Serrani of The Athletic just reported that the Nuggets have replaced Jeremy Grant with Jermichael Green. So not quite the player they gave up, because as we talked about Jeremy Grant being a next level player, but okay, now we can replace him with Jermichael Green, and all right. You, it's still a great night for the Lakers and other West teams because the Nuggets aren't as good as they were. Mm-hmm. But this is now the second player, Mike, that we've watched the Clippers let leave in free agency. They let Montrez Harrell go tonight. Jamichael Green goes as well. He was a role player, but he played 20 minutes sure. a game for them. And, and, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show, and now it looks like it's coming to fruition. It looks like the Clippers roster is getting blown up and is Paul George next in a big trade is is something else happening but clearly uh you know this is a really bad night for the clippers and like i said the the lakers are just you know rolling sevens all night tonight
6: yeah no it's it's really uh separate from the pack right you're wondering and it's a rob Palinka victory lap night right from magic johnson out and tweeting uh and everybody a lot of laker honks uh, that are tangential media folks uh, banging the drum and going, they, they, everybody wanted to fire. I'm like, I bet I go back in your mentions and find you looking to oust him a couple years ago. Okay, <laughs> I, when it went bad, it went really bad. Before LeBron James showed up, there was some darkness, and even in LeBron James' first year there, there was still a lot of darkness as to what was going on with that roster. And now you you look at the the reshifting, the Clippers losing a couple of big, at least surface-wise and on the court, glue guys. What was going on in that locker room? I'm sure there's a tell-all book to be had uh, from somebody. But, uh, yeah, it's another big loss. So you, you watch the dominoes fall. Two of your biggest opponents in the Clippers and Nuggets get weakened in this process. Yeah, very huge first night of free agency going into a weekend. Just absolutely uh, blessings and Thanksgiving uh, celebrated by more Laker fans tonight.
5: <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca Mike at Swollen Dome. Time now for our upset special picks of the weekend in NFL and college football. We do it every week. Our world famous upset specials. One and one last week, I was 12 and eight on the season. So, nice, okay. Nice. Yeah. I had I really had a bad one. I was, I was just I had a really bad beat last week where I would have been two and zero for the third week in a row, um, but it happened and I take the L and I move on. It's my how first you can do my first upset special. I am taking the Jaguars getting 11 against Pittsburgh. This seems like insanity. Oh but what have we seen for the Steelers so far this season? They play to their opponent. If they're playing a tough team, they'll play him tough. If they're playing a bad team, that team hangs around. And Jake Luton has been able to move the Jaguars' offense. Maybe suddenly Gardner Minshew wasn't that good, and it's, it's a great system they have going on in Jacksonville because here's a guy that nobody thought could do anything. They nearly upset the Packers last week. The Jaguars will score points. 11 is a lot. I'm taking the Jags.
6: I like it. Uh, I'm looking at Philly and Cleveland. No Miles Garrett. Uh, Carson Wentz should then have a little bit of time to operate. Uh, Receiving core, getting healthy. Yes, even those veteran guys that we've kind of derided the roster construction. But opportunity uh, knocks here against the Cleveland secondary. Uh, Zach Ertz is back in the window to be activated. Uh, Doug Peterson said some discouraging things, so maybe another week. But you still have Dallas Goddard, who did return to action between him Tim Sanders and that receiving core. I'm going to look for Philly to pull the upset on the road. My second one, I'm going to take
5: the Atlanta Falcons getting four and a half against the Saints. Atlanta's getting hot. Like I told you, Atlanta and Minnesota, these are two teams that started out bad. They're not bad teams. They started out bad. And here comes Atlanta. Taysom Hill, who knows what you're going to get from this guy, right? The guy, you know, he's thrown less than 20 passes his entire NFL career. It's going to take a little bit for the Saints' offense to get going. And Atlanta's offense is humming along a little bit. It's four and a half points is just a little bit too much for me to say, all right, I I, I think New Orleans will get away with this because I think Atlanta's going to win on the field. So if I think a team's going to win on the field and I'm getting four and a half points, I will take that. Because, you know, listen.
6: I like being able to win on the field when I take my upset specials, but I will, of course, take the four and a half points. Never going to turn the points away. And I've got one that's got a lot of points, and it's a game that's curious because as bad as the Jets are, and the last iteration we saw them didn't look too bad, right? Put up some points, stretch in the field, a little bit of Jamison Crowder. Denzel Mims is out on the field doing some Denzel Mims things. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of Pirine, whatever the case is. Chargers are favored by nine. I don't like the numbers, so plus the nine, I love it. But the gut also tells me the way they've collapsed in second halves. The door is open for the Jets to come in and screw themselves by winning the game outright.
5: Buddy, if they can blow a 40-3 to lead in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter, that would be something special for even the Chargers to do.
6: <laughs> well, you're saying there's a chance.
5: You're talking about a team that's going to be starting their top three cornerbacks with a to- grand total of two NFL starts against the number yeah. three offense in the NFL. Oh, my goodness. So they'll Herbert- play
6: aggressively.
5: Herbert could throw for 500 by
6: halftime. <laughs> From your lips to God's ears, and you made Frostberg a happy man on a Friday. uh Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome. Download our best
5: of podcast on iTunes. Jonas Knox is next, Fox.
3: So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
0: I'm Diosa and I'm Mala. We're the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio season nine. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen.